It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Yeah! It is episode two of this week in fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer, as we head into the biggest draft weekend of the year. Hopefully, Hopefully all of you are still drafting up ahead and have not drafted too early, like the WIP Fantasy League where I ended up with Julian Edelman in the fifth round, and then of course he tears his ACL. This stinks! This is totally us! So hopefully you are uh, not in that camp with me either way. Drafting later, always smarter, as uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we uh, will be joined by Fantasy Sports Hall of Famer. That's pretty cute. Paul Charchian. Can't wait to talk to Paul about all going on in the fantasy world heading into the weekend. But another reason, as we uh, just hit some news and notes real quick before Paul joins us, uh, uh, another reason to draft later, if possible, is the Ezekiel Elliott situation. Is uh, you know obviously early on in draft season, he's going in the first round, and then. The uh, suspension news hits, and he has been falling to the second, third, late—you know, late second, early third, mid third kind of range, depending on how many teams are in your league. But now, and again, I'm sure by the time uh, I put this podcast out, things will change yet again. But the newest information is looking like the NFL royally fucked this up. What are you doing here? They fucked it up. I've made a huge mistake. It does not look good as uh, it, it now looks like there is a chance that the Zeke suspension could get completely annulled or at worst reduced uh, at this point is what it's seeming like. First and foremost to the NFL, I have to say, what the hell's going on out here? 
Yes, Vince Lombardi. What the hell is going on out here? How do you go about this whole process and try and reduce this guy for six games when it looks like there might be a real issue with your uh, investigation here? According to, to Jury Epstein on Twitter, the NFLPA is alleging a league, quote-unquote, a league-orchestrated conspiracy to hide critical information which would completely exonerate Elliot. What the hell, man? This is unbelievable. What is that? I mean, this is looking bad if you read into it. And uh, Schefter uh, uh, quoting that tweet saying the NFLPA filing calls for the court in eastern Texas to vacate any suspension based on the process issues. Look, I don't know how this is going to come out, how it's going to play out. But as of this moment, right now, Friday morning, it certainly feels like this suspension is at the least going to get reduced. And more likely, uh, at this point, I would not be shocked if it is completely vacated. We will see. As of now, if I had to bet money, I'd bet it gets reduced to somewhere in the neighborhood of three games. And Dallas says, all right, we'll drop it. Let's roll three games we could deal with. Uh, either way, regardless of, of news coming out, if you're drafting tonight or tomorrow and nothing has happened, and again, I'm drafting tonight, I think you got to start taking Zeke at the end of the first, early second again, you know, and maybe even earlier if you want to take a risk. Look, if he does not get suspended, all of a sudden you get him in the, the late first, early second. It is an insane value. So as much as I hate Zeke and as much as this pains me from an Eagles fan perspective, from a fantasy perspective, it's good for all the Zeke owners, you know, especially the people who had the, the balls to go out and take him, you know, with six games on the line. Looks like those people are going to get paid off handsomely. Either way, time to move Zeke up the draft boards, and uh, we will see how this situation plays out. Paul Chargian, coming up in just a few minutes, a couple more notes to touch on. One, one more news-type item, and then just a quick draft theory, thoughts, strategy type thing heading into this big draft weekend. Uh, Next piece of news real quick, Andrew Luck, the injury. Jim Irsay has come out and said that Luck is unlikely for week one, but has not ruled him out. Look, I, uh, I'm terrified of the Andrew Luck situation. I get it. I get that Andrew Luck, uh, the upside is so huge and he is going late enough where, you know, maybe it does make sense to take a shot on him. My thing here is there are so many good quarterbacks this year. Quarterback is so deep you know, you've got guys who are going, you know, 10th through 14th off the board and guys like, uh, you know, even Kirk Cousins is the 8th or ninth quarterback off the board and he's a, a terrific pick there. You like that? Even guys like Andy Dalton and Matthew Stafford and Phillip Rivers, there are a lot of guys who go later who aren't even be drafted, who aren't even being drafted as quarterback ones who can be that for you and then, you know, maybe you could even get luck later and pair him with one of those guys for the upside. But ultimately, I am terrified of this Andrew Luck situation right now. Everything we've heard about it, you know, he hasn't thrown a pass in nine months. The whole situation scares the shit out of me. You know, I'm not a medical guy, so... uh... So right now, I am much happier taking a guy like Kirk Cousins two, three rounds earlier than waiting on Luck and hoping for the upside. But I do get the value of if Luck is falling to the 130, 140 pick, whatever it is, Sure, I think it might be worth a shot with one of those other uh, quarterbacks in tow uh, as a way to kind of safeguard the first few weeks of the season. Ultimately, I do think Luck comes back. I think when he does, he'll probably be pretty good. Even last year, injured Luck last year was a a top-five fantasy quarterback. So uh, either way, you know, you think you definitely downgrade Hilton and Doyle and, and the offensive guys there a little bit. But I do think Luck will be back. I'm just not willing to risk it. Uh, now where he's going if he falls a little bit further, sure.
All right, finally, real quick before we get uh, to Paul Charching, a really quick note on uh, draft strategies and thoughts. First and foremost, I know it sounds silly and cliche, but take the best player. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know it's obvious, but there's no draft, like the whole zero RBs or going RB, RB and pounding running backs or taking a quarterback late. All that stuff has its... um. You know, it has its value, but the the real key is is the people you're in the room with or the people you're online with. It's playing the room. Every draft is going to be different. Every draft you're in is going to value players differently. You have to know that going in, and you have to play the room, play the board. Don't go in saying, I'm going to go running back wide receiver. Or, I'm definitely coming out of the first three rounds with two wide receivers and a running back. That is a bad philosophy. You need to go in saying, I'm going to come out of the first three rounds with the best three players on the board when I pick. Um, I, I know it, it seems simple, but you would be shocked how often people go in with these strategies of saying, I'm getting a running back because it's shallow and I got to get one. Don't do it that way. And, and don't get me wrong. It does matter looking at depth at the position and all that. Um, but for, for the most part, especially early on in the draft, just, just take the best guys there. Don't worry about some uh, aggressive strategy coming in or whatever. Just play the board as it comes to you. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think that ultimately leads to the most fruitful success uh, in fantasy. Real quick note on each position, quarterbacks, like I just said, if I'm not getting Rodgers or Brady and I'm only taking them if they fall to me in the, you know, fourth, fifth round, which usually they are not. Roger that. I'm getting one of those later guys, the Cousins or, or even later. I, I like Marietta and Winston who are going before Cousins generally. Uh, but also like Dalton, Stafford, all those guys. Uh, running back, DJ and Love certainly deserve to be one too. I think we all know that. I think the, the biggest thing I've seen with running backs is a lot of the PPR heavy guys are getting undervalued. Guys like Danny Woodhead, minus the injury, Theo Riddick, Duke Johnson. Those types of guys have been really undervalued this uh, draft process. Keep an eye out for them. Especially, they've been undervalued even in PPR leagues and especially in half-point PPR leagues. So keep an eye on those guys, and of course the rookie running backs, the other story running back-wise, is it does look like we could have five or more legitimate starting fantasy running backs. Uh, I, I'm not as high on Joe Mixon as others, as you guys know how I feel. Not just about uh, domestic uh, violence, as I uh, said, I did not want the Eagles to draft Joe Mixon at any cost, at any price, no matter what. You know, with your fantasy team, you certainly want to root for guys who you feel decent rooting about, but... Uh, at the same time, I'm just more with Mixon. My issue is is not as much person, but it's it's on the field. I just think that they're going to continue to use Jeremy Hill there. Uh, Gio Bernard's going to be part of it. I just don't see the opportunity as much this season. Wide receiver, super deep. It eventually falls off a cliff after the Mike Wallaces of the world. It really does drop off. But uh, a lot of high-end talent. You can get some real legit wide receivers in the first few rounds. I think that is a strong uh, way to go about things. Usually they will be the best player on the board at your time. Tight end, I love Gronk this year. I haven't gotten him in a draft yet just because he's gone earlier than I want. Uh, but uh, I'm very in on Gronk. He's healthy. He actually played in the preseason. Uh, other than Gronk, if I'm not getting Gronk, I've seen Travis Kelsey fall on a fair amount of drafts, but even still, I'm probably waiting on a Jack Doyle or a Kyle Rudolph or, or even later for an Austin Hooper. Uh, and then t- uh, defense and kicker, pretty easy. Take them in the last two rounds. Defense, then kicker. That's it. Not that hard. Don't reach on a defense. Don't be that guy. And definitely, definitely don't reach on a kicker. Can't do it. The difference between the top defense and the worst defense and the top kicker and the worst kicker is so much tinier in a comparison's sake than the difference between the top running back and the top, you know, bottom running back and wide receivers, et cetera. So that is why you do it. And it is the correct decision. All right. Let's get to it. Uh, joining me and now uh, from the Fantasy Sports Hall of Fame, the first Hall of Famer to join us on this show. Uh, it is my pleasure uh, to welcome in the great 
Mr. Paul Charchian. And now I'd like to welcome in our special guest for this. We cannot tell you how excited I am to have him on the line. Uh, he is of Fanball.com and, of course, a Fantasy Sports Hall of Famer. Most importantly, you can catch his radio show uh, on KFAN in Minnesota as well as the podcast of it is called Fantasy Football Weekly. Terrific stuff, two-hour show with all kinds of info on Saturdays for you. And again, a Fantasy Sports Hall of Famer. It doesn't get cooler than that. It is my great pleasure to welcome to this week in fantasy, Mr. Paul Chargy. And Paul, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. And it's so nice to be on the show. It, it's my pleasure, man, because yeah. uh, uh, for those who don't know, Paul, uh, obviously, you know, I'm the producer of the WIP Midday Show. But Paul is our uh, fantasy, quote unquote, expert that we have on every week. And uh, Paul does a terrific job. And uh, I've been dying to get him on my pod. So this worked out well. This did work out well. I want to find a more... Um exciting name for for the show than the midday show yeah i'm with you, you know with that. something yeah. with yeah something with a little bit of if it's not joan john yeah, I know, right? you know because that's everybody does that can we you know can we come up with something with a little zest to it yeah you would you would hope so right we originally yeah. had we had we had talked one name we had mentioned was horns in the hammer because john ritchie has his like horns that we used to bleed and his forehead and then of course joe decamera is the hammer, so horns in the hammer, I thought was fun, but it, it never got any legs. It never, that didn't go. No. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know them well enough to necessarily say for sure, but I would think you'd want to come. Is there something we could do with like a lunchtime theme? You know, like, Ooh, you know, like what's that. is there a lunch yeah. angle with like this? Have lunch with John and Joe, except something way catchier and not near. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah, something <laughs> better than that. But yes, the right. lunch special. That's a homework or, assignment for our listeners. Get on yes. it. We need the answer. We do. Uh, either way, you can always hear Paul on the yet to be named or renamed midday show on WIP <laughs> twelve forty five every Thursday. It's awesome stuff. So, Paul, uh, why don't we jump in? Because uh, because uh, I'm guessing the, the people out there want to hear your advice. Uh, as again, Paul, uh, at fanball.com, all kinds of great stuff. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Paul Charchian. Uh, Paul, uh, let's just jump in. I want to start uh, with a more macro question here and just see if so far this draft season, as we are, of course, heading into the biggest draft weekend of the year, for those people who still haven't drafted or still have leagues that they are drafting in, what are some trends that you've seen in, in the many, you know, drafts and, and all the stuff you've done this draft season? And as a result of those trends, have any potential draft strategies emerged? Uh, more than anything else, it, what we see every year is that fantasy owners repeat what happened last year. They have a really hard time breaking out of whatever they saw last year must be what's going to happen this year. And so last <laughs> year, running back stayed extraordinarily healthy. And some of the elite backs performed at an elite level. Most years, that's not the case. So we're seeing a lot of running backs go early this year, which is a diversion from what's normally been the case. And understandable. I mean, this is a this has been, you know, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson are you know, going off the board one and two pretty much every draft in America. And it's a, it's a hard sell for people to say, you know, maybe you should just take the safety of Antonio Brown and be happy. Um, and so one of the ways that you can take advantage of that is, you know, you can you can pivot against that and go upstream when guys are reaching for somebody like a DeMarco Murray, who I'm very nervous about this year at the end of round one. You know, that just means you're getting Odell Beckham when you shouldn't be able to get him. So I, th I think you can go against the trend on that. The other thing is so many good quarterbacks, James, 14 team league. That yes. brings me to Matthew Stafford for Pete's sake. 
right? Paul, I love I love that you Paul just for the listeners has no idea what the intro of this podcast was before I no, called him up. I don't. <laughs> I literally just talked about Andy Dalton and Matt Stafford and Philip Rivers and all these guys you can get in, you know, the late double digit yes. rounds who are really quality players. Absolutely true. Uh the one guy that basically I'm not touching is Andy. I think I think people your savvy listeners probably understand why really nervous that that situation's not going to be resolved for the better part of the first half of the season. I'm not touching Russell Wilson where he's typically going. That guy's radioactive to me, but I'm sloughing that quarterback position like crazy. And I'll start, like you were saying, double digit rounds. Talk to me in round 10. And I'm looking at guys like Dak Prescott and Phillip rivers. And I, I love going to war with those guys. And I, as much as I like, as I was advocating not taking running backs early, I don't know that I'd take a quarterback either. I think I'm I'm harvesting Rob Gronkowski and a bunch of wide receivers. Yeah, especially when you look at the talent pool. Wide receiver eventually falls off a cliff, but there is so much talent, high-end talent yeah. at wide receiver. So deep in terms of the, the high-end guys you can count on. I think... I think that's a great strategy. Real quick to follow up on something you mentioned there, though. Just before we get into more of the stuff, that you mentioned the DeMarco Murray thing. You're down on him. A, why? But B, does that mean that you are high on Derrick Henry? You kind of have to be if you're down on Murray, right? Yeah. So here's why. Last year, second half of the season, Murray's touches doubled. He scored five touchdowns in the second half of the season, none in the first half of the season. Everything was ramping up towards an almost even timeshare. And I'm worried about where that's headed now. We've seen we've seen Henry look really good, and they've used him a lot in the preseason. I'm really nervous this thing's headed to a timeshare. And if I'm giving up a first-round pick for a running back, I want a bell cow. I don't want some guy who's in a 60-40 timeshare. Yeah. That's a disaster. Unless you're going to start both. I mean, you, you know, and that's there's a weird scenario out there where maybe you just go to war with both of those guys. But I, I I don't want I don't want that on my team. And so I'm I'm avoiding Demarco Murray in case it does work out that way. And it very well may. And also. Let's remember, we're only one or two seasons removed from DeMarco Murray's never staying healthy. So maybe that could be an X factor here as well. So I I don't know. I just it, it feels like at, for where he's going late first round, early second round, give me Jordy Nelson. Give me A.J. Green. That's those are guys that are just so much safer. I'm, I'd, I'd rather I would rather try those guys than. Uh, potentially split time running back. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I mean, you certainly don't need to tell Eagles fans about uh, hating Demarco Murray. We are uh, we are all over that, Paul. <laughs> all right, nice. <laughs> but um, I, I totally get. It. I think if if Murray falls, you know, mid to late second, which I've seen in some drafts, I think I can understand it there. But I'm, yep. I'm definitely with you. I mean, AJ Green, Jordy Nelson, all those guys over him. All right, Paul. Speaking of guys who you are in on as opposed to not this year. Uh, I always like to ask this when I have, uh, you know, the the experts, the insiders on is, who are some plant your flag guys? Who are some guys this year who you are saying, I, Paul Charchian, believe in this guy. He's going to be a stud this year. Well, some of these are, some of these answers are going to be obvious and, you know, some won't. But number one, I'm taking every Patriot I can get my hands on. I think the Patriots. It's, good, I, it's been a good philosophy. You know, it's, it generally years. works out, generally works out pretty well. Yeah. So this isn't breaking news, but I would take it so far as to draft four or five Patriots. Wow. And just just stack them. I believe they will set the NFL scoring record this year. Whoa. Yeah. I, so, I said when they made all the moves, I'm like, they're going for 19-0. and 0. It's the only are. thing. That, it makes sense. I mean, it's the one thing kind of there that they haven't done. They go out, they get Cooks and Gilmore and do all this stuff. But to set the off, I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement, Paul. It's, um, you know. 
granted, in theory, every team is going for 19 and 0, yes, right? They're course. all playing to win every week, but <laughs> the Patriots can actually do it, yes, right? Exactly. They're purposefully saying we're going 19 and 0. This yes, week. and so I, here's your here's how you execute the uh, here's how you execute the the all the Patriots stack first round and. It, doing it from the beginning of the first round is hard. You you may want to move to the the middle or the back of the first round, but the order in which you take the guys becomes pretty important. You got to take Cooks and Gronk with your first and second pick. They're both slight reaches, but only slight, and that gets you to the the number one and number two receiving targets for Tom Brady, who you should be able to get in the third round. So now you go you go Cooks into Gronk into Brady. And then fourth round, you might be able to go away from Patriots altogether. Fifth round, you might look at Gillisley. Sixth round, you might go away from the Patriots. Seventh round, you go with Brandon Cooks. Eighth round, you go James White. And now you've locked up pretty much all the scoring for that team, and they're going <laughs> to score a lot. So I really do think there's a scenario here where you can, where you really can, you can lock these guys up through a draft, and um, and just you're taking away the best players from the rest of the league and the highest scoring offense. I, I yeah, you'll lose your bye week, but yeah, I don't care. That's one game. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 and just in general, I'm with you on that. Like, don't when you're drafting, like, don't freak out about bye weeks. You know, take the best players. You'll figure it out. Half the guys you draft won't be on your team by the time that bye week happens. You know. Yeah, that's true too. So, um, uh, and I'm with you. So, so basically, in addition. Uh, to the, so you basically feel like the Edelman injury that they'll be able to to kind of cruise past that. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they are so well poised for that. Now, interestingly, that's 160 targets that they need to distribute to other players. Gronk's going to get some of that. He was already my number one tight end. Now he's he's one plus. Nah, and the other guy that I think really gets helped is Chris Hogan because he's on the field all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other guys like Danny Amendola comes and goes a little bit. Malcolm Mitchell comes and goes. Uh, Rex Burkhead's going to get inserted in the lineup a little bit as a receiver out of the slot, but Chris Hogan's going to be on the field pretty much every play. So I think a lot of those one sixty are going to go to him. Brandon Cooks got nudged up a couple of spots for me, but he was already really high. So you know, he went from like nine to seven. So still love, you know, I love, I just, I love all the Patriots, and I really think this is a great and rare opportunity to stack from one team. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a rare opportunity. You very rarely see this type of amount of uh, potential offensive talent that, yeah. that, 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 well, especially that, like, look, you know, you could look at Pittsburgh and say, oh, you know, uh, Le'Veon and, and, and Antonio and Martavis Bryant, but you can't get all those guys. You know what I mean? Like, this is a chance where you could actually, the way these players are going in terms of rounds actually could equal, you know, where you could get them all. So it's a really yeah. fascinating situation. Uh, Paul, in addition to the Pats, who are some other guys you're, you're very bullish on this season? Um... Do you want more sleeper guys, or do, can this be sure. anybody anybody across the board that uh, I just it, maybe give me? Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask you another question, but this actually kind of okay. loops in with it, so maybe I can include this. I was going to ask you which player currently going in the top twenty won't finish there, and conversely, which player going outside the top sixty will finish in the top twenty. So maybe loop those two together. Well, you know, Demarco Murray was it was is the guy that in the top twenty that I'm most down on, and we already broke him down, I think, excessively. Um, can I talk about one of the other the flags I've planted this year in, from somebody I think is being overdrafted? Absolutely. That's Russell Wilson. It's not a top 20 guy, but he is quarterback five off the board. Last year, he was quarterback. He finished as quarterback 12 or 13, depending on your scoring system. And I can't fathom why people suddenly think he's going to jump by, back into uh, top five territory. So let's well, I think let's break him down for just a minute. Everybody remembers two years ago when Russell Wilson had the amazing seven-game run at the end of 2015. Yeah, him and Doug Baldwin him just and Doug taking Baldwin, over. Exactly. Just destroyed everybody. Winning people titles, you know? Right. 
Let's talk about the other 25 games he's played over the 2015 and 2016 season. The other 25, which is a, a fairly big spread of games for Russell Wilson. During those games, he has averaged 230 passing yards Ooh. and 1.2 passing touchdowns. Get out of here. That is, that's that's bad. It. So let me put, to, to give you a sense of how bad that is for Russell Wilson, Here's here's what we're looking at. 1.2 passing touchdowns per game is Trevor Simeon. Trevor <laughs> Simeon is what you're getting. Yikes. And the 230 passing yards uh, is, hang on, who's my comparable? My comparable is, I'm trying to remember, it's the like Josh McCown level Whoa, era of guys. I actually though. think so, it right? is Josh McCown now that you say it. Might that. Be that Josh sound, I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. So you know, you're you're really you're not getting much passing help. So then people go, all right, well, yeah, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the ankle injury this year, so he's going to run for a bunch of touchdowns. You know how many rushing touchdowns he's got the last two years, Russell Wilson? How many? Two. Wow, that's Brock it. Osweiler is three. Get out of here. So that's it. You know, you're not getting. He averages 16 rushing yards a game. That That's is in, it. I, 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 wow, Paul. Like, these numbers are blowing me away. I totally would have thought uh, they would be higher. So, Russell Wilson is my number 16 quarterback. I have him one spot ahead of Brian Hoyer. Wow. That's that's where I'm standing. That's, that's where I am with Russell Wilson right now. So wow. I, that's a guy that I think you can make a strong case to avoid. Wow. So real quick, before yeah. you move on there, just because you mentioned the rankings, how do you kind of – this is something I always wonder with the you know, experts and the people in the business who do rankings and stuff. How do you advise people to kind of use these rankings? Because it is something where it's like, you know, there's so many biases. There's so many people who like this guy and that guy. And I'm a big fan of, of fantasy pros because they kind of put them all together and give you an average. But yeah. is there a way that you can kind of – like how do you – suggest people go about looking at all these different resources out there? Well, we have so many resources, right? When I first got into the industry in 1993, there was nothing. So, you know, look, it it, it was... (laughs) The the infancy of the internet. Yes, I mean, it was was, really was pre-internet, you know, unless you you had your your 96K baud modem, right? (laughs) Um, 9600 baud modem, you you had no internet access. And so, I mean, this was, it was pre-internet. And back then, it's funny, you know, we didn't we didn't really appreciate at the time that we had something of a singular voice in the fantasy space because there was nothing else being published. Yeah, it's a great. And point. now you've got just a plethora of available of available information to you, overwhelmingly so. So you know, you're as a regular human with a job and kids and you know a wife maybe, and you know, you've got a you've got things to do and a life to lead. You kind of have to figure out who you're going to go with yes. and, and who you're not, and try to figure out why when you look at somebody's rankings like mine. And you see Russell Wilson weighed out in 16. You don't have to just take that as as a given. You'd maybe drill down and try to find out. Whoa, that seems weird. Yeah. Why? You know, why is Russell Wilson so low? But the most important thing that I always tell people at this time of year, James, go get your guys. Yep. If there's somebody you love, just you know, just go get him and make sure he gets on your team. And who cares about? So many people get to be slaves to average draft position or slaves to the fear that somebody's going to say, well, you could have got him next round. Go get your guys. If you want to do this Patriot stack we were talking about, and you're going to draft half a round early on Gronk and half a round early on Cooks, fine. Just go do it. Go get your guys. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Yes, Paul. I said it's almost. Are you sure you couldn't hear my open? I know there's no real way, but like I don't know if you have ESP or whatever. Because like I I said that I was like, listen, ultimately your team. 
in the end, I'm not going to be there looking at the, the, your lineup every Sunday. You know, whoever expert X, Paul, you know, we're not going to be there looking at it. No matter what we, advice we give you, this is your team. This is the team that you have to roll with. You got to kind of sometimes go with your gut. So. Yeah, and you know, you know what we know for sure is that every expert, every single one of them, their cheat sheets are going to look like garbage when the season is over (laughs) we're gonna look back at the cheat sheets and go god were we idiots (laughs) you know you you can't be in this business unless you're all right with a little failure here yes yes i mean you know and so you know don't let that stuff stop you as much as i love like mock drafting and getting a sense of where players are going to go and be able to optimize your draft and everything and there's a lot of truth to that but at the end of the day you know go have fun go draft your guys and remember that you know all of us as experts are totally fallible as well we're talking to the great Paul Charchian, Fantasy Sports Hall of Famer, which is so cool. Uh, and and as I know, because I talk to Paul every week and, and again on the WIP Midday Show every Thursday at 1245, I know that Paul, and one of the things I love about him is you don't need to give him any prep. You don't need to do anything. He's always ready to go. Like, it doesn't matter. I could <laughs> say, am I right, Paul? Like, you're just ready. It doesn't yeah, matter. Well- yeah, you know, you, well, you, you know, if you're doing what you love, it's, it makes it easy, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's why I know you're going to be down to play a little game with me right now. Oh, of course. All right, the Whatever game it is. the game is called Nice. Nice. Or Nah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, so I am going to give you six preseason storylines, and you're going to say, Nice, either you agree with the, you know, mm-hmm. the supposition or whatever, or or nah. Like, and tell me why. Nah. Okay, I like it. I <laughs> like right. it. Is this uh, a Philly thing? I literally just made it up. Okay. I mean, right. I, when I was prepping for the show. All right. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, Storyline number one, and, and you have already kind of hit on this, but we didn't dig too much deep on why, so we know where you're going, but give us a little more background on why. It's time to legitimately be worried about Andrew Luck. Nice. Nice. Yep. I'm not I'm not happy about it, but yeah, nice. I agree with it. Nice. Nice. Here's why. <laughs> so, um it, it's it's bad enough that he hasn't practiced with the team yet. His next practice with the team will be his first this year. It's crazy. Then he's got to start practicing. So he's got to, A, he's got to start practicing with the team. B, got to get the arm strong enough that they feel like he's ready to be able to produce in a game. Then after that, he's got to start playing games. Then he's got to start being, you know, knocking the rust off. You know, I just worry that to get, you know, to get to the point where he is back to 100% arm strength, back in, with the timing and rhythm of his offense, back to being on the same page with T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, Andrew Luck could be eight weeks out from that. Oh, crazy. I can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, he started, you know. Uh, six weeks ago when I did maybe eight weeks ago when I did my first cheat sheet, he was quarterback four. Now he's quarterback 15. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you. I I don't, I I said it at the beginning. I I don't think, you know, you can't feel good about it. And like the, the one way you could do it, like we discussed earlier, you know, like there are a lot of really good guys who are going super late. So you could, if luck falls far enough, take a shot and still end up with a Dalton or a Stafford as well. But I'm with you. I'm very nervous. All right. Nice or nah. Number two. This rookie class of running backs will be the best we've ever seen for fantasy. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm with you, yeah. buddy. I got, I've got five, four, I've got one, I've got one, two, three, four, five, I got five running backs in my top 22. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, we all knew the draft was going to yield a bunch of really good running runners, but what we didn't necessarily know is that they so many of them would fall into place to be able to make an immediate impact. Yeah. Leonard Fournette is going to run away with the job in Jacksonville. Kareem Hunt had the situation clarified 
unfortunately, you know, at the expense of Spencer Ware. But the reality is, is that he's going to get all the work. Yeah, at Dalvin, the expense of ADP as well. For it, what well it's worth, yeah. Right? Yeah, that too, right? I mean, now he's expensive yeah. now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cooks walked into the starting job for Minnesota. Christian McCaffrey's role was immediately solidified as the pass catching back there. Joe Mixon has been aided by injury and a lackluster preseason um, from Jeremy Hill. So there's a lot of opportunity for five, one, two, three, four, five different running backs to all perform at a, at a really high level here. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's really unique. Not to mention, by the way, Elvin, Elvin Kamara could very well end yes, up being. Yeah. We forgot to mention. Elvin yeah. Kamara. He could really be the talented. Da- yeah. Remember, you remember the Saints too. You know Darren Sproles of very course. well. We all, yes, that's our guy. Right, it's our guy. I yeah. we love Darren Sproles. Yes, I think there's a real chance that the, that the Saints end up using Kamara Ooh. a lot like they use Sproles. And we're not even talking about the Samaj P. Rines, the Marlon Mack type guys, Joe Williams, and Jay. There's a 900 Jay Williamses, the yeah, various Joe, Jay Jonathan, yeah, Jamal, that's all right, and Joe, yeah, and uh, D'Angelo Henderson, who's been interesting in Denver. So, I mean, one of those guys can end up popping out of this too. Maybe Chris Carson takes the job in Seattle. So, you know, the obvious guy are the top top fives of the, are the top five guys. Well, that's per like literally again locked in here. Our our third nicer knock. Chris Carson will end the season as the best fantasy running back on Seattle. Nah. Okay, we got one. I'm, a, I'm on board with Thomas Rawls, baby. Okay, at least you didn't say Eddie Lacy. Nope. Lacy can lose the job three ways. Weight, and indifference. All problems <laughs> very that he's had in, in the past, right? Yes. So I, I don't trust Lacy to do what it takes. I just don't think he's got the burning desire to be the best running back on the field. I don't think it's, I just don't think he's born with it. I don't think it's inside him. I think Thomas Rawls has got that two years ago. Thomas Rawls was so good. He put Marshawn Lynch into early retirement. I think we can get that guy back. Now he's not playing off a broken leg. Now the Seattle offensive line. Awful. Awful. Yeah, and they they lost they were already awful and lost George Fant. That's right. So yeah. they're extra awful now. They're starting a guard at left tackle. So it's it's decidedly bad that way. But I still think this is a. I think I think Thomas Rawls is still my my choice for who comes out on top. I agree with you though. I do like Carson as a uh, you know one dollar or late round. Sure, uh, end of, I'm on end board of draft flyer. All right, uh, two more, and we'll let you get out of here, Paul. Uh, uh, Devontae Parker will be this year's wide receiver year three breakout. Yes. Nice. He's my number 21 wide receiver. Wow. So you, can, you can tell. Did you I've, have him there before Cutler? Or is the Cutler thing changing? Well, I, I had him at about 20, uh, 26, 27, wow. and then I liked the Cutler edition. Now yeah, we've yeah, got a guy course. who you can unlock a deep pass. we got somebody who can throw farther than 14 yards <laughs> off field. It's a miracle, right? It is a miracle. No, I'm with you. And we, his receptions come. I think this kills Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Landry made, you know, how many four-yard catches did that guy have? Oh, all of them. I mean, that was all, the thing. Yeah, you know, yeah all of game. them. Yeah, it's yes. true. Yeah. Right, right. And so I think I got Jarvis Landry getting punished down to number 38. Wow. Um, and so I'm yeah, I'm not a Landry guy. I really I really like Devontae Parker, yeah. wide receiver twenty one. And you know, the we've been waiting for he's a first round talent who got you know the foot injury just erased a whole this whole rookie year. Then he was hobbled by a couple of different injuries last year. Let's just hope he can keep it all all the momentum that he's built in the offseason with a an amazing offseason, best player in training camp, that kind of all that stuff. If he can keep that going into the regular season, Devontae Parker should break out this year. All right. Our last nice or nah before I let you out of here. And again, thank Thank you to Paul Chargian. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. Paul, the last one. Blake Borders will... Dynamite drop in, money. Blake Bortles will submarine 
any Jacksonville's players fantasy prospects this season? So I think the easy answer is to say, God, yes. Nice. He's horrible, <laughs> and, you know, they can never recover, and the whole thing's over. I, you know, I'm just – I'm not ready to throw in the towel on everybody yet. He's certainly – Bortles certainly doesn't help the prospects of Allen Robinson, but I think Leonard Fournette's a really, really talented player. Um, and, you know, arguably the best running back to come out like the last 10 years. Yeah, and he's terrific. He is. And I don't think he needs a ton of help. He just, I think, you know, if we can just get, you know, I'll just give me a Tyrod Taylor level of play, you know, a, an Alex Smith level of play yeah. is all, all I need from Blake Bortles. And I don't, you know, they're not comparables in terms of style at all. <laughs> no, but, but I get it. Just like know, be somewhat serviceable. Yes. Just that's all I need. You know, I don't, I'm not. I, I know, you know, the snarky side of all of us is like, well, you, you know, he's going to go the whole <laughs> But I don't know that that's going to be the case. Same thing, by the way, with Jared Goff. You know, I think the temptation is to you know, look at Jared Goff last year, and he was so bad, but the improvements they made on their offensive line mean that I think Todd Gurley can have a little can, – can bounce back from the nice season as well. So I think, you know, Gurley and Fournette to me are in a similar situations in that – I, I think the quarterbacking is going to be good enough to keep them fantasy relevant throughout the season. And that was the inaugural edition of Nice. Nice. Or nah. He is Paul Charchi, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Paul Charchi. And again, check out his radio show, uh, Fantasy Football Weekly. It's on KFAN, K-F-A-N in Minnesota, and you can get the podcast uh, Saturday morning. So anytime on Saturday after that, I believe uh, you can get that. And, of course, Fanball.com. Paul, uh, anything else uh, you want to throw out there anywhere else uh, people can uh, interact with you? Well, no, but I'll, I'll, I'll only mention this, James. We, um, we just went live today at Fanball with our entry into the daily fantasy sports space. So we are now officially in. And the idea behind it was this. We think a lot of people have tried daily fantasy sports, and they had fun playing, and they lost. And then they played again, and they lost. They played again, and they lost, and they quit playing because losing is not fun. Playing is fun. Losing isn't fun. So we think people just gave up and stopped playing. Mm -hmm. So we've devised the fanball number. The fanball number looks at all of James's play and says, James, we've seen you play a bunch of games. We have you as a 55. And we make sure oh, then that I you play against that people that is so cool, just Paul. like yourself. Paul, this is actually like this is. G- I mean, that is the and, and I, you know, I've played all that stuff before and stuff. The, the biggest issue is the sharks. Like it's the people it's who the are sharks. Just, it is what it is. I mean, those right. people. That's it's what they do for a living. I mean, like it's a great. That is a really good idea, Paul. That's and that's exactly it. And look, we'll we'll have games for people rated in the 80s and the 90s, but they're not going to play against you at 55. And especially people not at 35 and 25, yeah, right? No, so they got sure. their own games. So the idea is you play against people at your own skill level so that you can win more often. And we also don't let anybody put more than 10 entries into any one oh, contest. That is terrific. So it's, These are it's, all the issues. This is yes, great. Yes, we're hitting all the issues. Yeah, seriously. So it's the first daily fantasy site that's built from the ground up to make sure that you have a fair place to play. It's fanball.com. That is awesome. Fanball.com. Check that. I mean, that is I'm blown away. It's such a great... I wish I had thought of it, Paul. I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> great you. idea. So again, uh, uh, thank you, Paul. Really can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Awesome stuff, as always, from Paul. Terrific. Really appreciate Paul coming on. Great guy. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Charchi. And one quick question answer, and you can always get your questions in, at James Seltzer on Twitter. I know, huge draft weekend. I'll do my best to be around and, and help if you have any question at all. 
I will do my best to get back to you in a, in a quick amount of time. And uh, either way, always welcome throughout the season at James Seltzer. But any fantasy question you have, uh, time for just one here as uh, Nicholas West on Twitter at AngryPants24 uh, asks, in a 12-team snake draft, what position are you happiest picking from? And this varies from year to year. Um, it, it really does depend on the pool of people. But I think this year... I want one of those first two picks. I want either David Bell or Lev John. Uh, excuse me, David Bell. I'll take David Bell, please. Uh, former Phillies third baseman. I'll take David Johnson or Lev Bell 100% of the time and be ecstatic about it. I think the drop-off from those two to everybody else, both in PPR and standard, is so massive that I think you really want to get one of those first two picks. And the way the talent pool plays out, you still get a pretty good player in the second and third round as well. So I feel very good about getting the one or two pick this year. But that does vary from year to year. I generally like to be at the front or the back. So you kind of have a little bit more control of knowing who's going to be available. You know, with your picks, you can do two for one. But uh, at the same time, again, I think it, it really doesn't matter. It's more so playing the board, playing the people. But again, I think this year I'd rather be one or two uh, and get one of those two surefire guys. All right, that is going to do it for episode two of This Week in Fantasy. Again, uh, appreciative to Paul Charchian for joining us on the show. Next week, we are back Can't wait. with our normal weekly shows on Thursday mornings. And guess what? Mr. Sigmund Bloom will be here for it. Yes. Cannot wait to have Sigmund back on. And uh, other guests interspersed throughout. Going to try and bring you as much content as I possibly can handle without falling over this season. So, again, thank you for listening. I will be back next week one more time. Thank you to Paul Charchian, the man. Really appreciate it, Paul. Uh, and, again, everyone, good luck this weekend. Big draft weekend. Again, I'm here at James Seltzer if you need help. Otherwise, go kill it. Good luck rooting for you. Uh, and hopefully uh, we can all have a, a terrific fantasy season together. So let's start that off this weekend and then talk about it next week. So, again, thank you for listening. I'm James Seltzer. This has been Episode 2 this week in fantasy. A fist fight, some lame scuffles. Pillowcase to your face, make the shell muffle. Shoot your daughter in the calf muscle. A tussle, nickel plated. Sprinkle coke on the floor, make it drug related. Most hated. Why y'all punk, really? I run up and stunt silly. Scared, so you sent your little mans to come kill me. But on the contrary, I packed the Mac Millie. Squeezed off on him. Left the paramedics breathing soft on him. What's your name? Who shot your my ties like Sinatra? Peruvians tried to do me in. I ain't paid them yet. Trying to push 700 days.